Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless our Ramadans. Uh, let us start with the verse of the Quran. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Qul inna salati wa nusuki wa mahyaya wa mamati lillahi rabbil alameen. La sharika lahu wa bithalika umirtu wa ana awwalul muslimin. This is a very, very, very uh, well-known verse and lots of, uh, you must have seen it quoted many, many times. So this is a verse from Surah Al-An'am, verse 162 and 163 of Surah Al-An'am, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Say, O Prophet, قُلْ That verily, indeed, my prayer, my sacrifice, my living and my dying are all for Allah. So, my prayer, so my devotion, my sacrifices that I make, nusuki, and my living and my dying are all for Allah, the Lord of the worlds. He has no partner, and of this I have been commanded, and I am the first of the Muslims. I am the first of Muslims. I am the first of submitters. Very, very totalizing and very, very powerful verse. Going to show, essentially in brief, going to show what this verse is telling us is that every aspect of our life, everything about us, everything that we say, everything that we do, needs to be for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning, it needs to be infused with the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, to be infused with the remembrance of Allah basically also means that everything we do be in accordance to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants and what makes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala happy. Wow, if we, could, if we could actually attain that before our death, that would be amazing. You know, that's always the pursuit and that's the goal. That may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make everything that we do just like the way the Prophet used to do it. Can you imagine the Prophet's life that when you read his seerah, when you read the hadiths, the sunnah, you see that everything that he was doing was for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I know that we have so much distraction and that becomes very, very difficult. How do we make sure we focus on everything to be for the sake of Allah? I think one way we, we could start is actually look at the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ and see how he did it. But you see, there's more to that. It's the remembrance of Allah and all of these things that will eventually have our heart attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if our heart can become attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then everything that we do Insha'Allah will ensue from a position of sincerity. One of the biggest things that we're challenged by today is absence of sincerity. We get distracted by why we do things, especially if we even end up managing to do good things. Why are we doing them? Do I do this for name and fame? Do I do this to teach people? Do I do this so that people can be inspired? Do I do this so that I can gain something, especially gain something worldly? I mean, I'd like to gain something for the hereafter to follow in the footsteps of the Messenger of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that the best of you is the one who, uh, who studies the Qur'an, who learns the Qur'an and who teaches it. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this as part of that. But while we're doing this, it's so easy to say that, okay, you know, um, you know, your reflections are very good or I found a benefit in there. And then you start thinking that there's something that you did. At the end of the day, it's all given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why we must return everything to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The fact that I'm able to even raise my hand and pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that comes from Allah. The fact that I'm able to sit now and listen or, 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 or do this, 
This comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The fact that we're believers comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The fact that we're in this world comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what is it then that we can show off about or that we can attribute to ourselves about? This is the what you can say the humbling factor. So I tell people that when you're standing in front of uh, if you're if you're a good reciter and you're leading the prayer, for example, or you're giving a dars or something, I mean, just think about who you're doing this for, who you're reading this for, rather than the crowd. Because if you're reading good or you're speaking well, the crowd is going to enjoy it anyway. You don't have to even intend that. Just make something good for the sake of Allah and please Allah, and people will be pleased anyway. But your focus is not the people. But if your focus becomes the people and you start to do things for them, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not pleased because Allah wants to be the one that, you know, that we do everything for. He deserves it and he's entitled to it, but he deserves it as well. He, uh, we owe everything to him. So uh, let, let, let's look at this verse in a bit more detail. Essentially what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying here is that the worship here, in the salati wa nusuki, this is basically encompassing all forms of worship. Uh, worship essentially and devotion is to do something uh, to win Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure, to attain Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure. But it has to be in line with His command. There's many people who are very sincere in terms of their approach, that they want to do something for the deen, you know, they want to do something for their faith. But they go the wrong way about it. Shaitan takes them over at this point, making them do something wrong and that's actually harmful and that's antecedent to the faith. Basically, you can say in other ways that everything that is done in line with Allah's command, according to the spirit of the Sharia, but for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to please Him, that would, and it confirms to the, uh, conforms to the Sharia, then that's an act of worship. That means that if one emulates an authentic sunnah, for example, right, in the hope of winning Allah's reward by that, so you do something like the Prophet ﷺ did, even though it's not obligatory, but you do it because you think that's the best man who lived, he's the most beloved to Allah, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had guided him to be a certain way, to dress a certain way, to uh, behave in a certain way, and to do things in a certain way. So I want to do it according to his way, right, as long as the circumstance allows, right, then I should be rewarded for that. I should be rewarded, and that should also please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because if that sentiment is not there, then even if you, if you actually do a good deed, but you don't have that sentiment to do it for the sake of Allah, then it is devoid. It's not worship, it's not devotion. So if I'm praying literally just to show others that I'm praying and I don't want to be praying, I'm only showing uh, my parents that I'm praying or I'm showing somebody around me that, uh, that, 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 that I pray or that I fast, but I don't really want to do it, then I get no reward for that. That's why... The a'mal and the deeds are suwar, they're forms. What's really important in there is the spirit and the emotion that, that comes in there. Subhanallah. So why was this verse revealed? I mean, one of the purposes of this verse is that during humanity's decline and the ignorance and jahiliyyah across the world before Islam came, you know, because the world had been without a prophet for, you know, over 550 years. Because between the Prophet, uh, Prophet Isa time and the Prophet Muhammad is about 570 years or so. And there were no prophets in between. It was a time of the cessation of prophecy. So a lot of polytheism had crept in. A lot of superstitions had crept in. right? And lots of false beliefs in false deities. So what that eventually led to is not just a belief, but actually to then show devotion to these false deities, idols, 
stones, objects, right? This is what happens when there's no revitalization of the faith. People mess up and they degenerate into this way. A lot of people actually, what they had is two compartments in their life. They had two facets in their life. They had, what they would do is, I mean, for example, the Christian faith, for example, what they did was they allowed many, many things. They they basically disregarded many issues in the Bible. For example, dietary requirements, right? That doesn't apply to them, right? Even though swine is considered to be, you know, uh, wrong and swine is considered to be blameworthy and problematic in uh, the uh, you know in the testament right however they've decided i think it was around the the third century or so that we will not have any dietary requirements so they've done a lot of chop and changes like that and been very selective in what they do so essentially you've got two compartments in your life and essentially that's where you get this idea um, of the holy and the secular so you've got a holy aspect and you've got a secular aspect whereas in islam it's all holy you know it's all related to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even the what others would term a secular there's a way to make that religion and make that uh, a source of you know a source of devotion to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you get the saying from there which says uh, one should give unto god what is his and unto caesar what is his you know, this takes us back to the Roman, uh, the, the Roman era, you know, the Greeks before that. It was full of mythologies. I mean, the Greek uh, empire uh, was, uh, was eclipsed. I mean, I've been, to, I've been to Greece, I've been to Athens, I've been to Delphi, just to get an idea of what is it that drove these people. You know, having this whole, you know, soap opera-like idea of gods, you know, that were doing these crazy and strange things, you know, with one another and their fights and their arguments and, uh, you know, their, 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 their challenges to one another. And subhanAllah, I was just wondering, like, how did it impact such a civilization that is considered to be such a great civilization? Anyway, the Greek civilization was eclipsed by the Roman civilization. That's why you see, even in Greece, you see a number of Roman, a lot of Roman heritage following the period of Greek heritage. I mean, and then you see the Romans pretty much throughout the world. I mean, you go into so many different countries, North Africa, Carthage, you go to Morocco, you go to the UK, you go to many other places, you see Roman, you know, you see a lot of Roman, uh, you, you know, a lot of Roman remnants of many of their buildings and amphitheaters uh, and, 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 uh, and um, temples and all of these other things. There was a lot of mythology there though, right? And eventually, uh, many of the faiths, even the true faiths, that is the kind of direction that they went into, that there was superstition, uh, there, was, there, there was superstition, there were uh, wrong things like this. So, um, that, that's why what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that, uh, through the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa person and what Allah commands the Prophet sallallahu to do is that every aspect of you needs to be for your faith. Everything. Even, to be honest, even when a person goes to relieve themselves, if they read the dua, right, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubthi wal-khaba'ith, right, and they go and they relieve themselves in the proper way, not facing the qibla, for example, which is a command, right, not have back towards the qibla, that's another command that we have. Making sure we do istibra, right, sitting down and doing it, making sure there's no splashes, uh, doing istibra. Istibra means, uh, you know, ascertaining that we've, everything has basically, we've been relieved completely and we're not going to have any drops afterwards, right? You know, minus OCD issues. I mean, that's a separate topic. And then after that, washing up and cleansing oneself, coming out and seeking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for having had to spend that time without any remembrance and thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for removing the dirt from our body and relieving us. That 
whole act there, even though it's such a mundane act, a necessary act that we have to do, we're going to be rewarded if we had intended to do it in the way of the sunnah and followed the sunnah procedure. Now we know this. We know about this for when you eat, when you drink milk. The, the Prophet ﷺ has du'as for all of this. He has a very specific du'a even for when drinking milk. So even the act of drinking milk, milk is such a wholesome food. It's a fitra, right? It's the, the, the uh, natural food. And that's why there's even a du'a for that, right? Of barakah. You do a du'a of barakah. Allah bless us in this. When we do this, when we finish eating, we think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every aspect of ours. I mean, you know, the, the, they did used to say at that time in the Prophet ﷺ that, you know, um, the Prophet teaches everything, including how to relieve oneself. And that's an absolute uh, truth because Islam is totalizing. It doesn't want any superstitions to come in. And remember one thing is that when you don't do something according to the deen, when you do something against it rather, then what you've done is that you just implemented a bid'ah and whenever you implement an innovation, an innovation just means anything that is contrary to the faith in this regard. I'm not talking about the proper technical definition, but I mean this is probably worse than that. Then what you've done is you've replaced the sunnah for the wrong way. And that's the problem. And that's why a lot of people when they have this attitude that, oh, what difference does it make? It's a little issue here and there. Look, we're not all perfect, right? And we, we definitely struggle. We can't all... It's very difficult for us to lead a life like the Prophet ﷺ. That's not easy. I mean, the Prophet's life was just so balanced, so perfect, so in tune. Such equilibrium and perfection. That's going to be difficult. But we try to get as close as possible to the Prophet ﷺ. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help. And when we make a mistake, we seek forgiveness. Right? There's a lot of things that I would like to do that I can't do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us for that. That I do in a different way. The religion saying that you have to do everything for the sake of Allah. A lot of people get frightened and they think that when you have to do everything for the sake of Allah, it must be very, very tough and it must be very, very complicated and it must be very, very challenging. And that's not true. The deen, in our religion, in our sharia, we have certain criteria, we have certain injunctions, we have certain principles and we have certain boundaries and we have certain limits. As long as you're within that, there's a lot of scope. So for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed us to dress Right? In any way we want, as long as we follow the specific boundaries and we don't go overboard and we don't do it for extravagance. Otherwise, there's so many things that one can wear, right? as long as it doesn't contravene any principles. Likewise, um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed us to eat. Pretty much He's أُحِلَّ uh, لَكُمُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made all good things permissible. There's certain boundaries though. Animals have to be slaughtered in a particular way. And when we're living in a non-Muslim country, it is difficult sometimes to find halal meat. And it is difficult to find sometimes halal foods. But that's just, you know, based on our circumstance. I mean, we could change the circumstance. I mean, if that's a possibility, I mean, if it's so difficult, we can change our circumstance. But yet there will be difficulties. But inshallah, I mean, as they have in England, if they can strengthen uh, in many of the other countries of the world, non-Muslim countries of the world, uh, if you can strengthen the meat industry and the halal industry the way they have in the UK, the way uh, uh, the Jewish uh, people have done in the, the US, for example, where in main mainstream products, even though Jews are such a minority, they've uh, managed to certify uh, ultra-Orthodox, uh, you know, kosher products. It just requires effort to get to those levels. And the other thing is that we don't want to become like other faiths where for them the faith is, as I, as I was saying earlier, uh, the faith is just something that they do once a week. For example, in Christianity, they go to church once a week. 
And, you know, when you speak to many of our Christian friends, we, we see that that's pretty much their faith for them, right? That's what they do. They don't really think about it in terms of the way they dress, in terms of the way they interact with one another necessarily all the time. I mean, in some cases, there's some there's definitely some ethics in there. There are the Ten Commandments and so on. They try to observe that, at least the observant ones, right? But in terms of many of the other things, it's pretty much just a devotion for one day of the week. Whereas for Islam, in Islam, it's five times a day that we are remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that we're told to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So our prayer becomes for Him. And we're told to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala several times a day. Right? And that's not just in the prayer, that's just the formal worship that we do. But we're told to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as much as possible throughout the day so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then praises those people and He glorifies those people, meaning He shows them to be the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the archetype that should be followed is الَّذِينَ يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ قِيَامًا وَقُعُودًا وَعَلَى جُنُوبِهِمْ Those who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala standing, sitting and on their sides. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it such that we can also declare, like the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did, that inna salati wa nusuki wa mahyaya wa mamati lillahi rabbil alameen, that verily my prayer, my sacrifice, my entire living, and my dying. So when I die, I want to die in a state that I'm pleased with Allah and Allah is pleased with me, that I'm observant of Him and that I'm satisfied with Him and I gain my peace and tranquility through Allah. That's how I want to die and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make our deaths like that. If we make this dua in Ramadan, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He accept these duas of Ramadan and then we affirm our faith and say that there is no partner to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then, وَبِذَارِكَ umirt. And the reason I do it is because this is what I've been commanded to do anyway. And I want to be one of the first submitters in this regard. Jazakallah khair. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless everyone. Please, please remember us all in your du'as and our families in your du'as and the entire ummah in, in your du'as. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala relieve the problems and sufferings of this world. Allah bless you all. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. The point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules and at the end of that inshallah you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind, you can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.